rigged a full-on Ellis-powered two buggies on stickies. This is the Total Offroad Podcast. I'm Derek. And I'm Kyle. And this is episode 203. 203. 203. So, season 2, episode 4? Episode kind of? 2. That, two, two, yes, two, we... 2 if you don't include the reboot notification. So <laughs> the, the official markings on the uploader program says this is episode 2. Oh, nice. Okay. We probably should ch- change how we title our podcast episodes, but who cares? That's fine. We like the cl- oh, the chaos. <laughs> yeah. If, if When people think of Total Offer Podcast, they think about chaos. Unorganized. Well, no, organized chaos. We, uh, yeah, know, it's, we know it's a mess and choose to do nothing about it. Sl- yeah, slightly organized chaos. Enough that we get some episodes out on a semi-regular basis. Emphasis on the semi. Yeah. <laughs> It'll come out weekly. It's just what day of the week it's going to be, which I guess I don't think we ever mentioned this, that we're going to try and start uploading on Thursdays now. That's right. Regularly. We're going to be better. Better than we were, if not perfect. Season two, we'll, baby. We we'll got that, we episode got that fresh out every, here. We'll get an episode out every Thursday and Steve will go wheeling every Friday. Finally. Perfect. He already bought or no. He did not buy his membership yet, I don't think. <laughs> uh, Kyle, what are you drinking this week? Um, Nothing too fancy. I'm having uh, an Arizona sweet tea because our refrigerator is broken and we don't have ice. Oh, this is a dry soda because I'm drinking a... Wait, hold on. I got to turn Remove off... Remove the uh, filter. What's the hotkey for that? Oh, where is it? There it is. Turn off noise suppression. Here we go. Oh, crispy. Did he get the bubbles? Not really. Okay. A little bit of bubble. We get a vanilla Coke. Um, vanilla Coke. Interesting. A bunch of painkillers. Like, so many. Um, not narcotics yet, but um, the closest thing to them. So, so uh, close. So no beer for me this week. Sorry, folks. But vanilla Coke is pretty fucking good. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit sacrilege in the sense that uh, I'm, not a, I'm not a beer drinker. But you do you drink other things? I do drink other things. Other um, hard things, I mean. Yes, hard alcohol. What's um, your What's your go to? Usually, some sort of rum. Um, typically, it's whatever's cheap because <laughs> I don't have the palate to be able to know the difference. Especially now that I've been sick, I taste about ten percent of what I used to. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, not enjoying that very much. The the sweet tea just kind of tastes like a ref- refreshing glass of water. It's kind of like drinking a um, sparkling water, Lacroix, mm-hmm. where they say it tastes like if you have a lemon rec- look, uh, lemon Lacroix, they say it tastes like they bottled water with a lemon sitting in the room. That's about right. Well, that's that's about what I'm tasting these so days. It's like a sweet tea was in the room when somebody poured you a glass of water. Yeah. Got yeah, it. that's that's pretty accurate. That's, that's no fun. 
Yeah, not loving it. In uh, happier news, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what What did you do uh, off road, or what? Uh, anything to write home about on that? Uh, we are in the preparation stages right now. I um, I'm working on collecting parts and um, getting things organized. I have to talk to Iron Rock Off Road to see. So I guess I should specify. I have a double triangulated four link. That is going in the back of my Jeep. So that's going to be very exciting. Um, all the work that I had done uh, two years ago now, I deliber- deliberately did not touch the rear suspension on the Jeep um, because I was at a crossroads whether I wanted to do a four link in the rear or go to Nice Leaf Springs. And I ended up, to make a very long story short, I ended up winning this um, Iron Rock Off Road double triangulated four link. Winning or yes, and it cost me two hundred dollars worth of raffles. So in my mind, wow. I bought it for two hundred bucks. Yeah, that's pretty fucking good. I I played the odds and I won the odds. You win a surprising amount of things, Kyle. I, you know, I used to never win anything. Like it was this joke that I would never win anything. My grandmother, when she was still alive, she had the most incredible luck. They went to Vegas in the 90s and she came home with four TVs. Now, of course, they were tube TVs, so that was a bit of a hassle. Probably good ones. Yeah, yeah, we had it. I mean, up until a couple of years ago, they they were still working. Did she get get them in Vegas and have to bring them back to Illinois or wherever? Correct. Okay, that's a pain (laughs) in the ass. Never really did ask. I'll have to find out about how they got those back. I'm assuming they just put them in a check bag. That Jesus, that would be—they were like twelve-inch TVs, but you know, still being a vacuum TV, it's basically like a like a milk crate. Oh yeah, they're heavy as shit. Like for their size, (laughs) like even a small one, you're like, like computer monitors. I remember picking those up as a kid. I'm like, what the? Why is this so heavy? (laughs) Yeah, we still have one in our um, sunroom. That's a. Oh, I want to say it's probably like a. 36 inch Zenith vacuum seal TV. Nice. And the only reason it we still own it is because getting it out of the slot that it's in requires the tips of your fingers. Oh God. And that thing's every bit of like 300 pounds. So that's the yep. only reason we still own it is no one wants to be bothered to get rid of it. You should play duck hunt on it because you can. So, and I know I'm getting off tangent here. I'm sorry about that. Um, it's an interesting fact. A lot of the fighting game types, you know, Tekken, uh, Smash Bros, all that kind of thing, they are noticing an uptick in tube TVs because everything is analog. There's no delay in the conversion to get it on the screen, you know, with modern TVs. Mm-hmm. So they're reverting back to analog TVs in order to remove the, you know, hundredth of a millisecond. So that it's more competitive. So people are going to like 2024 fighter competitions and they're bringing friggin' tube TVs on uh, rolling, you know, carts because it's a it's more competitive. That's wild. Um, Okay, we'll stay on this side tangent for a second. If anybody is interested, um, there's a I don't even know what you would search, but you can probably just Google. uh, Like duck hunt. How does Duck Hunt work or something like that? There's a high speed video channel that I I think I follow or it comes like across. Like a speedrun channel or something. 
they use like high speed cameras and they like they of course they do the ones where they like shoot like a bullet through like gel and you get to see the like gel explode. Well, it's probably the slow mo guys. It might be the slow mo guys. Anyway, they did it. Um, like they tried to figure out how to duck hunt work and basically like the whole screen like turns white for one frame and then black for one frame and then there's like a white box or something like that where the duck actually is and if like the sensor of the gun senses it then you hit the duck or if not then you miss it and then like it's pretty neat how it works and it's really cool to watch each sort of like pixel gets like created on the tv in like super slow motion um because it's literally just firing like lights at the tv screen and they like it turns on this material and it glows a certain color based on the elect you know the voltage or the current or i don't even know how it works but it's it's pretty neat um and uh so check it out it's super cool sorry for that side tangent yeah just to wrap that up i did find it's the slow-mo guys and they posted it two months ago so if that's something that interests you it's the slow mo guys and they posted it two months ago so go look them our younger listeners are like what the fuck is a tube tv yeah exactly right i'm like (sighs) the last generation that remember well i guess us we're the last generation that remembers such a thing yep um cool what else anything else off roadie I know oh, we were talking yeah, about that's where we were going <laughs> with that. Yeah, that was we were talking about. So I'm I'm in the process of getting all my parts collected. I think a Ford 88's going in the rear of my Jeep. Um, nice. So the kit is set up for an eight and a quarter. So I'm going to change that over. I'm going to talk to Iron Rock and see if they'll either trade me or just sell me the truss with the links. And then uh, we're going to be off to the race. It's going to be a bit of work because I want to put on my stiffeners before I put all that on there. I don't want to do it twice anymore. I'm tired of doing that. They may also be able to like send you like a, a cut template where you can just like put it on the truss that you already like. It's I'm assuming the truss is like the overall shape of the truss is the same and it's just where it's cut out for the diff. So if it's like the eight eight is bigger than the eight and a quarter, which it probably is, like you could just cut out material. I remember, gosh, who was it? Oh, it, okay. This wasn't modifying something that I already had, but they were, um, Northwest fab was like here, this is a, you know, STL file or something like that, where you, where I could cut out the plate that goes between the transmission and the eco box. Cause you have to run two seals for complicated reasons. I won't get into right now. Mm. Um, but they were just like, if you like, we can ship you one, but it's going to, you know, coming from Canada, it's going to take two weeks or you can go get this cut. And I was like, I'm going to go get this cut. So they just sent me the template and I was off to the races. No, that's the wrong. <laughs> that's the wrong example. <laughs> I just remembered the right example. So we'll rewind. Um, I have a, Oh, I forget the brand, my diff cover. Um, trail defense. Was, no, uh, this is sadly Holistic not fab. any of our partners. Um, <sighs> Great Lakes Off Road. That's ah. it. Um, and I was shaving the diff, and I was like, "Hey, I see you guys sell this, but do you have like a a template or something that I can use to cut it?" And they were like, "Yeah, here you go." They just sent it to me. Hell yeah! And I just cut the diff cover, and then I cut the diff to match. It's cool that some people are still willing to do that. Yeah, they're pretty pretty legit. So yeah, because they could have just been like, "You're gonna have to give us money in order for us to give you any sort of help or assistance." Yeah. So, um, so that was sweet. 
Um, cool. So you've got the Iron Rock yeah. Orlink going in in the rear. That's awesome, by the way. It's going to be exciting. And yeah, I think the I, I've been torn in between just leaving the eight and a quarter that I have. Um, but the limited slip that I have in there is just not going to it's not working and it's going to continue to not work. And I'm not interested in putting any more money into a sinking ship. So I don't know if you ever wheeled with him, but my buddy Kevin, he's got a 2000, I think XJ, uh, he's got an eight, eight in it and it hasn't given him any problems. He's got 35s. So yeah, I think most, most people I think would agree it's worth the upgrade. Um, I'm going to turn around and try and sell eight and a quarter. Cause it's got all the fixings on the eight and a quarter. It's got the four eighty yeah. eights. It's got the, limited slip the truss um i built higher clearance shock tabs because every cherokee owner in north america breaks their shock tabs off uh disc break so it, it's got the whole the whole kit and caboodle um sweet so for, we'll get for into... some... oh go ahead sorry oh no no you're good um it, in in theory it's an axle that you just give me a bunch of money you bolt it in and it's done you know you don't have to spend the hundreds of dollars in the hundreds of hours setting it up it's just ready to go and it was set up by a drag shop for the gears nice um and we'll get into more about the rest of your rig later in this episode yeah sorry i'm already you sticking a quarter no, no, no. in me and the no, song's is, trying to play this is through good, though that was good though <laughs> uh any off-road trips before you make start making that swap or are you gonna dig into it pretty soon <sighs> no I'd, i don't have a garage so i'm kind of restricted by the cold um Next is coming up Winterfest, so I'll probably leave it together at least through that. I think that's in April. So I'll do Winterfest because I I didn't make it last year. Do that and then um yeah, March eighth, March eighth, ninth, and tenth for anyone else that wants to go at Badlands next year, Midwest Winterfest. Um always a good time. I remember. Yeah, it going. should be should be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm not gonna I didn't offer to lead trails this year. Uh, just so I can go enjoy it and have to not worry about getting people lost in the forest. So that, yeah. and then, uh, whatever stump jumper trips come up, I usually just kind of play those by ear cause they're usually day trips. So, you know, Friday comes around, it's like, Hey, do I want to go on the trip this weekend? I want to go on the trip this weekend. I just throw it on a trailer and go. Nice. Well, all right. What did I do? Nothing. Um, <laughs> and here, I'm going to make a bunch of excuses here. So I've got a herniated disc in my lower back for those that don't know, um, and severe pain all the time. And on a bunch of painkillers, I did mention that early in the episode. Um, hopefully in the next few weeks, it'll start getting better. Um, I've got a cortisone or, uh, cortisol. I don't know. Cortisone. 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 Yeah, I think that's right. Anyway. Um, epidural steroid injection in the lower back scheduled a week from Friday. So, which would be a week from tomorrow in podcast time. Um, and, uh, hopefully in the next couple of months, I can start actually doing some work on my truck again. Um, but what is exciting and was a little annoying because I have a herniated disc is we just moved into a new house, uh, a little over a week ago. Um, and we're stoked on the house. It's a little bit nicer. And it has a two-car garage that is plenty long for my truck to fit in and only a couple inches shorter than my truck. And those that have seen the uh, 
the TOP Trail Riders page know that I've been airing down my tires to get the truck in the garage, but it's pretty easy to do um, and pretty easy to air them up with my Morphite quad. Um, and you think it's fast with the PSI Pro. If you've got shop air, like two and a half minutes, three minutes to air up from like eight PSI to 30. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's how I've always done it. Cause I didn't have a 10, six until recently, mm-hmm. but I've always had the Morphlate. So I'd air down on the trails and then, cause I trailer it, put on the trailer with low pressure, get it off the trailer at home and then hook it back up, turn on the shop air and crack the valve and just watch all four tires over the course of like 15 seconds. Just go. And we were back up to back up to pressure. <laughs> yep. Um, I'm assuming it's limited by the valve cores or the valve. Yeah. The valve cores. Yeah. Like if probably weren't there. If like you pulled the valve cores and did it, it'd probably be like, you'd probably be like, you'd see it go up like in a minute or something. I don't even know. The, the other thing is changing out the air fittings, you know, to the more industrial ones where it's like, you know, you go from like quarter to half inch, uh, air hookups. So it's supposed mm-hmm. to like double the airflow. Yeah. I made a different, I remember, I've got them in my toolbox, uh, like the bigger flowing, but the same size outside, um, fittings. Cause I was like, I want to get more performance out of my impact or whatever. Um, and it does make a difference having a, a bigger hose hooked up to the impact, like a three eighths hose versus a half inch hose. Even if you have the same size fittings, the half inch hose, you can feel more oomph coming out of the air impact just cause there's less restriction right there. Another yeah, thing there's you no can pressure do, drop in the line. Yeah, another thing you can do, and this is like, if you're really trying to eke performance out of it, is like, get a tiny gallon compressor, and then have a really short hose from that gallon, or not compressor, gallon tank, run your hose to that, and then run that to the <laughs> to the uh, impact. We had to do that on like a machine at some point in, in one of our um, factories at my old job, um, just to make sure that like when the piston went down, it didn't run out of like pressure um to like punch through some material you did um, the electrical version of putting a capacitor in exactly it's really it's right. funny <laughs> it's right um all right we're, we're nerds uh yes yeah we'll sorry stop, I can... we'll stop being nerds um uh and this week this weekend coming weekend i am paying a task rabbit to move all the totes and boxes around the garage for me because i can't do it myself i'm just gonna be like move this there move that there put this together so that I can actually get my garage like set up somewhat. So I've never heard that that. referred to as a task rabbit. That's pretty fun. That's pretty good. What do you mean? I've never heard someone say that you're hiring a task rabbit. I've never heard that website term. Oh, intro. Okay. I did not, I didn't even know it was a thing. You like go on taskrabbit.com and like the, like if you need help moving or if you need somebody to like, I don't know. Yeah, that's the only thing I've used it for in the past is like, Hey, can you trade? Like sometimes if you, I don't like some of them have pickup trucks and like, you're like, I need to move this, but I don't have a truck and it's too heavy for me. It'll be like, all right, well, two guys in a truck is, you know, $90 an hour or whatever. And then you pay this for mileage. So it's, it's kind of, but there's other things on there, I guess too. Huh. This is like a whole established thing. I've never even heard of this before. So if you you don't have a, what did you, you think don't have a I, friend, did, I hired? I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I thought Eric's you just hiring went an over to the, to... yeah, I thought you just went over to the local hardware store and said, or, you know, Hey, I'll hire oh, you I guys see. for 50 bucks a day. I see. 
It'll yeah, be a little I'm, more than I'm, that, I'm, I think. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, yeah, they'll put together IKEA furniture if you want them to. That's like home repairs, like landscaping, painting, like stuff that you don't want to do, don't have the tools to do, or like me are broken and can't do. Um, so if you don't I have mean, a friend with a truck and trailer, you can rent a friend with a truck and trailer. Yeah, they're they're not. Um, what am I trying to say? They're not. Uh, they're not a partner company, but we'll see how it works. I haven't done. I haven't used it before, so. Yeah, sounds cool. So that's my off-road adjacent thing. It does relate to the truck, at least. It's it's the calm before the storm. You know, everyone's still kind of recovering from when it was cold and all that jazz. Yeah, it got so cold here. It was like in the high 30s and raining. You're the worst. <laughs> I am the worst. I used to hate California people when they would do that. So now I can now <laughs> I, I can do it on the other bit. side of the site. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that. And then you can I can tell you what my rent is and you'll be like, ah, no, thank you. <laughs> I yeah, I've got a couple <laughs> friends that live out there and they're like, yeah, we're only paying twelve hundred bucks a month for rent on an apartment. Mm-hmm. Because he he's he's a United mechanic, and uh, I'm like, yeah. How many roommates you got? He's like, four. Jeez, yeah, four four roommates, and he's paying twelve hundred a month. I'm like, boy, you you poor man. Yep. Hope United was worth it. <laughs> oh, I hope so because he's paying that. Um, yeah. That's it. So now we got to shout out some peeps. Oh yes, let me get that House, pulled up. House, housekeeping time. Some housekeeping stuff. So go get the, I'm gonna go get the vacuum. There's, I'm sure there's probably three people that are like, "Hey, I never got a shout out," and to that we apologize. Um, and then so, we say, "Here's your shout out." <laughs> yeah, so here's your shout out. Now it might be too, it might be too late, but we're gonna do it anyway. So I don't remember the last time we, who who we left off with, um. So, Dustin Adams, thank you, your giveaway supporter. So, try your hand in winning. You'll probably end up beating me because I physically can't win at this point. Yeah, you always lose on this one. Yeah, I've, I'll be the last Patreon supporter. Um, David Julius is a giveaway supporter. So, thank you, David. Uh, Adam, and welcome. Yeah, and welcome. Adam Bartram, welcome to the party. And Mr. Gage Holly was a giveaway supporter. He um, took a bit of a break, but now he's back feeling refreshed, rejuvenated. So welcome back to the party. Some R&R for him. Yeah. And if there's anyone that did not get a shout out and would like one because you are deserving of one, uh, shoot me a message and uh, I will make sure that we get you the shout out that you so properly deserve. And if you don't deserve one, you still can reach out to Kyle and he will call you a dummy. Yeah. If you want something. me to bully you on the podcast, we can certainly do that too. <laughs> So-and-so reached out to me and wanted a shout out, but they don't get one. That's because such and such is a bitch. That's right. all right let's get to the topic what are we doing we're we're refreshing the podcast and we're reintroducing the hosts and kyle is a essential part of 
the Total Offer podcast, without him, we would not have any structure. So remember, we're talking about chaos and a little bit of organization. That is an, all Kyle. So we have you to thank, my friend. Um, I'm just and, glad to be the rug that ties the room together. That's <laughs> that is <laughs> that is very uh, pertinent <laughs> at this moment because we literally just got a rug. And right before this podcast, I was like sliding the rug under while Emily lifted up the furniture because I can't do that. Um, and it tied the room together. So I appreciate that reference. <laughs> Always. Um, but you've never been really properly introduced. So um, no, I just kind of materialized. I came from the shadows. <laughs> I wasn't. And then I was you stuck in through the woodwork and well, they made your way in. And yeah, now, now, you're, now you're running the out, place. You're going to realize it. You run in the place, and I mean, this is just what like a parasite does. I'm not gonna say you're a parasite, but <laughs> I le- I leech on and I suck the life <laughs> out of all of you. Well, I hope that's not true. Um, <laughs> you're like a good par- You're like one of those good parasites. Like I don't know, like those things that you know ride on the side of sharks. You know, they clean the shark. It's like a symbiotic relationship. Oh yeah, God. Well, I don't remember what that's anyway. called, but I know exactly what you're talking about. They eat the. The oysters, not yeah, oysters. Yeah, something yeah, whatever, like that. whatever they got on them. Yeah. Um. All right. I don't feel like, like this cr- metaphor like is. Krill. Yeah, I feel like this metaphor has <laughs> gone in a way that like doesn't give you the credit that you need. So <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna dial it back. Uh, and I'm gonna ask the first question: Who is Kyle Mang? So Who are all, you? It all what's started your, your in a hospital. It all started in a hospital in uh, the local Chicago area. Fast forward. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I uh, I reside in the Chicago area. Um, twenty wanna, years old, if that matters. Do you, wanna, do you want to say where, like, roughly? Um, between Chicago and Rockford. I'm I'm off of the I-90 area, and that's that's about as close as you're gonna get. <laughs> I mean, most people probably know at this point, but I'm not gonna just publicly put that on the. Internet. No, no, that's totally fine. Um, I just asked because, like, I was in Park Ridge near O'Hare for a long time, and I I don't think I ever got to like see your place or like even. I mean, I've driven by probably on I-90 before, but um, now I'm quite far. <laughs> so yeah, I'd be a little bit. Well, what's funny is, and I've ta- I've said this once before, if I wanted to visit Rory in uh, is Washington, Washington or Oregon, um, in theory, and this would be a really cool road trip one day. It's about a, it is not a far amount of distance to I ninety from my house. From I ninety, I could just set cruise control and go something like twelve hundred miles. No road changes, no nothing. I take one exit and I'm at Rory's house. I think you need to add another thousand miles onto that. Yeah, honestly, I, I have no sense I, of distance. It's like yeah, my worst pretty, character flaw. Like I did. I took for when I went to Montana for UA, like I took I-90 for like a solid long amount of time. And it was, I think, like 1600 miles. But that's Montana. You still have much further to go to get to Washington or. Oregon. Oh, yeah, it's a little bit further. So from doorstep to doorstep. It's 1,757 miles. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. So and it's funny because like the, the directions literally just say like, get on I-90, follow for 25 hours, 1,700 <laughs> miles, 
and then take a right off the highway and you're at his house. That's crazy. Like it, it's easiest, literally that simple. The easiest directions in the world. Yeah, gonna need a bigger fuel tank to pull that one off, but uh, <laughs> we'll we'll make it happen. I I remember like just moving here. Well, okay, that's a little unfair because it's like even shorter durations. But uh, fine, drive into UA. Like I'm pretty sure, like I just I don't think my my personal tank is too small. Like I don't think I could use more than a 26 gallon tank. I guess I have a bigger one than that, but whatever. I never let it get empty. I always got to pee. Yeah. And see, that's my thing. I don't like my, my younger brother is really big on like once he's in the car, he just doesn't want to stop like for any reason whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's always talking about putting a longer, you know, range fuel tank on his truck. Um, and I'm like, you know, I, my, I got a 35 gallon fuel tank in mine. If I don't drive like an idiot, it's about 550, 600 miles. Like 10 like, hours. Yeah. I'm like, that's, more than enough for me like i 300 miles is typically more more than enough i'll I'll usually try sorry i'm like rambling here i'll try and go for you know usually about uh two and a half three hours and then i'll stop you know i typically not in a rush on most road trips so i like to enjoy it you know go go stretch my legs go have all that fun but that being said they make some fun fuel tanks for the Duramax. There's one that's like 75 gallons or something. Jesus. I know, I know of the like so 52 or 55 like Titan tank, but that's insane. And it's all under the cab, right? Or under frame or whatever. Yeah, it's it's it goes where the factory tank is. And I guess it just happens to work out that there's room on both ends of the tank. So they yep. just make it longer on both ends. Yep. Yeah, I think it's like the, the normal tank stops sort of at like the ABS pump, but they like they continue it forward and just have like a small cutout for the ABS pump because there's room yeah. between that and the, like the transfer case or whatever. That's bananas. Yeah, so it's That's just so many gallons. Thing. Yeah, you know, I, I kind of wish they did it like the days of old, like on the old Fords where you had two, you had a divorce tank and then you just had a switch. You push the button, it diverts the valve, and now your fuel gauge now shows what the new tank is. Yeah. I, I like that system. The three-quarter ton Suburbans, the GMT 800s, so like the 2000 to 06, mm-hmm. had a transfer tank to get more fuel because like the 8.1 was a dog. Yeah, because it's just a three-quarter ton Suburban. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, I think only the eight... No, I think they all the three-quarter tons had it because Matt, Matt's Quadrasteer has one um, and it's a six-liter. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's like an eight-gallon, like, not transfer tank, I guess is maybe not the right word, but like slave tank. I don't know. Tra- whatever. Small tank that feeds into the bigger tank and it has its own pump. And of course, if that pump goes bad, then you're eight gallons short now suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is annoying. Um, but yeah. Uh, okay. So you've got. Yeah. So I, I'm from Chicago area to bring it all back. <laughs> um yeah, I am an aircraft mechanic um, on small piston airplanes. So any any small type piston airplane, I mostly mostly specialize in Pipers for the nerds. Um, Piper, Warrior, Cherokee, Archer, Arrow, uh, one, two, three, and T tail, Cherokee Six, Saratoga. So, but basically any Piper product. Um, I've worked Manchi. on. Manchi. Oh, 
You're gonna get my blood boiling. Fuck that. Oh, why? Fuck that airplane. I know two people that own them. Well, let me write that down. We'll discuss that in the Patreon. Why? Why I fucking hate the Comanche. Such a garbage airplane. (laughs) But But the only reason I brought it up is because it's like nice crossover into off-roading. Yeah. No, I. If I had a Comanche, there would definitely be a conversation with the owner to bring the two together to get a photo with the both of them. <laughs> nice. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be doing that with a different vehicle I own. But uh, yeah, so I, I eat any piston airplane, Piper or Cessna that comes in. Uh, we are a one-stop shop. So I've done upholstery work. I've done engine swaps. I've done avionics upgrades. Um. We do everything. Nothing is deferred. Nothing is passed on. Do you, um, I know very little about planes, but I've ridden in, you know, private planes a couple times. And yeah. I'm curious, do you, do you get certified or do you have to have a certified inspector come and look at the work after you've done it? Or how does that work? So that's an interesting question. As an aircraft mechanic, as an A&P, um, I'm allowed to do, I'm allowed to sign. Now the, the bigger thing is what you can actually sign off on. Um, I can sign off on 100 hour inspections. So like a airplane that's flown for hire every hundred hours, they have to be inspected. So I'll do, um, I can sign off on those and then annual inspections, which are a requirement of all privately owned airplanes. They have to be inspected every single year. Um, I cannot sign off on those. However, I can perform all of the work. The only two things I can't do is sign the piece of paper saying it's done and it's airworthy and do the physical inspection to actually go through with a mirror and a flashlight and say, you know, this airplane is safe or this airplane is not safe. And here's why. Nice. I was just curious. Um, So, whoops, I should not touch that on the mic because I know it makes static. Um, no, I was just curious. Yes. Hopefully this, uh, I think it's June. June is my three years of having my license and two years of actively using my license is actually at the end of this month. So I'm technically eligible to become an IA inspection authorization so I can do all the fancy sign offs. Nice. So yeah, there's, I'm mulling over the idea of going and getting that done. The, Everything about aviation is who holds the liability, and yep. being being the IA means you hold all all liability and responsibility. Gotcha. But they pay you more for that, right? They sure should. They sure should. Yeah. If you're signing so, off on shit that like has people's lives, like you're basically a doctor. Yeah, you know the the very first time I and it was you know whenever you perform a service on an airplane you have to put it in a logbook and the logbooks are never destroyed nothing like you we've got an airplane in there from 1956 and it's got the original logbooks in there um so the the first time I was signing off on doing maintenance which I literally just replaced the ignition on it. Like it really wasn't that big of a deal, but I, you know, it was the first time I signed off on it. I was very worried about it because it was the first time where it was like, my name is now the last one in the book. Yep. Well, if anything happens now, I'm the first phone call. I'm the first drug test, the first, you know, whatever. Did they put the logbook in the plane? 
No, so they're they're not required okay. to be carried on hand. Um, I mean, it seems like like if the plane crashes and catches fire, like no more logbook. Will who don't who do we blame? Nobody, I guess. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh no, they all <laughs> got destroyed. No, you you don't have to carry it. There's an airworthiness certificate that you carry. That if you were to get ramp checked, they'd say, "Hey, give us your this, this, and this," and the airworthiness certificate's one of them. Got it. Do you? That's fly? like it's like your registration. Um, so I I used to. Don't incriminate um, yourself. No, no, no. Um, originally, I went to college to be a pilot. I've got somewhere around sixty eight, sixty nine hours of flight time. I think. And to make a very reduced story short, I ended up changing careers and I just haven't gotten back in the saddle yet, which is hilarious because I work for a flight school. So it's kind of stupid that I'm currently not flying, but, uh, I get too many cars to work on. I just never, I never allot the time to get it done. Planes are just more expensive cars. I mean, they do more, yeah. but they're so expensive. Yeah. It is not it, a cheap way to travel, but that's also not why people fly. They don't fly to be like, oh, I'm flying because it's cheaper. It's it's faster, usually. There, there are people that try and justify that. Now, the cost of ownership is typically very, very expensive. That's what I mean. Oh. Like, if you're doing it like, oh, the, the fuel to fly, like we flew from um, Schaumburg to Madison, um, and like the fuel for that was like surprisingly cheap, even with four of us in the plane. Um, but like all of the maintenance on the plane, like that had to be done beforehand and after, and it all adds up so much. Yeah. You know, it's like borrowing someone's trailer, you know, it doesn't cost anything to borrow the trailer, but when you burn out the brakes, when you bend the axle, you know, and the boards are all warped, that's where it gets expensive. That's right. But I, there, I do know someone we're actually working on his airplane right now. He does use it as a commuter slash, um, hobbyist vehicle mm -hmm. and he flew that thing last year 110 hours which is just like absolutely insane that's um, a lot yeah it, it's i know i'm getting side tangenty again i'm sorry but yeah i need like, to keep you on i need to keep you on topic because we're already yeah. 37 minutes in and we're still on the first question oops um <laughs> we had this gentleman come in you know what we'll talk about it on the patreon yeah let's do it talk, all right put uh put uh Cessna 150 in there and remember remind me. Cool. Um okay. Anything else about Kyle? So you live in the Chicago area, sort of midway between Chicago and Rockford. Um you're a play mechanic. Anything else that people need to know about you? Hmm. We'll talk about your vehicles in a minute though. What other like do you have other hobbies besides off-roading and uh a lot of RC crawling. I'm doing some competition crawls right now actually nice um yeah i'm in the top five in three of the four categories so Hell we're, yeah we're we're moving up it's pretty exciting so i i do that uh i dabble in computers so i'm gonna be building a new one here pretty pretty shortly actually i was just talking to my brother about it earlier so nice we can talk about that on the patreon too if you want uh we certainly can because if there's time although a whole bunch of money Ooh, fun! Sounds like a cool computer. Um, are you putting are you putting a CRT monitor on it? Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna need a bigger desk. <laughs> yeah, no shit, stronger desk too, probably. Yeah, we're gonna be building it out of steel. Yep. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, if there's nothing else, why are you well, actually Steve or uh, Mike asked Steve why are you podcasting or why do you have a podcast? I'm gonna ask you 
a different question. Why the total off-road podcast? Because I know you don't listen to many of the other off-road podcasts, if any. Yeah, you know, I... It's no a, offense it's a to our friends at the other podcasts. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's certainly not because I dislike them. It's just, uh, I don't, it's kind of funny as a mechanic, you know, you'd think I have all the time in the world to listen to music, but anyone that works in a small time operation knows that, you know, you got to be able to communicate. So that makes it a bit tricky. So I tend to pick and choose what I listen to. Um, yeah, so it was, I want to say it was five episodes in. And I had gone to Turkey Bay, uh, Land Between the Lakes, OHV. And I had gone off-roading. And it was just one of those weekends where just everything went right. The wheeling was good. It was difficult. Um, I had two... No, my back right tire was like two feet in the air on this horrible hill. Nice. The the whole night, you know, the camaraderie was good. The food was good. The wheeling was good. The weather was freaking gorgeous. And I was driving home towing my jeep home and i was like man i really do love this hobby like i i want to go deeper into the rabbit hole and so i was like you know six hour drive i don't really listen to podcasts i wonder what kind of off-road podcast there is so i literally typed into google off-road podcast that's it that's all i put in there and two options popped up there was snail trail and total off-road podcast and i was like hmm i don't know there's this guy and then there's this guy and i took a 50 50 shot and i clicked on total off-road podcast and i binged all five episodes on the way home and the rest is history hell yeah there were i think way more snail trail episodes so it was very established and i it was funny because i also didn't realize that when i you know started listening to the first episode they're like Badlands, 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 and I'm like, huh? I I know talking? Badlands. Yeah, I was like, which Badlands are they talking about here? And that's when I realized, you know, Badlands in Indiana, and it just happened to be one of the first times that I had gone there was recently. So you know, I was relating, doing all that kind of stuff. Talk, you know, Ian was talking about his time there, um, and I was like, oh, I wonder where these guys live. You know, what, where are they at? And then someone said Champagne. I'm like, Jesus Christ, they're like two hours from me, right? Well, that's that's super fun. So you loved it so much that you were like, how do I get in? How do I help? <laughs> how do I do podcast things? Yeah. It, and now you're a it, producer. Yeah. You know, it was it was when Steve was starting to get busy and, uh, you know, I could tell he needed another hand at this point. You know, we were all pretty good friends at that point. You know, first name, cell phone, home address kind of thing. And so finally, one day I was like, Steve, let me let me help you. Let me edit. You know, I I am well enough with a computer that I can figure this out. And he didn't want to necessarily give it up right away because, you know, this is his baby to just trust me. You know, I could upload whatever I want. Steve wouldn't know about it until someone said something, you know, and to to give away that kind of power was a little was a little hard. And I kept for Steve. I mean, that's like his thing is like he's. Yeah, I think that's probably like the the thing that Steve is is working on the most is like delegating and like, you know, letting relinquishing the control a little bit because like you can't do it all. And I Steve, I think you're amazing. Like you you work really hard, but like you, your business is going to keep growing and you just won't be able to and it's such a good thing. Like, you know, like you can't you can't do it all. Um 
And so it's good when you start to rely on your friends and people that you trust and I guess employees in the business side of things. So, yeah. So finally I, uh, I was passing by to go to, I think it was a bachelor party at the time. And I I knew I was going to be driving right past the shop and I knew Steve was going to be there. And I basically knocked in the front door and I said, I want all of your credentials right now. (laughs) That's a good way to do it. Cause you can like ask him and he's busy and he'll forget and then be like, I'll check you later. And, but when you're yeah. in his in his shop, he's like, all right, fine. Yep. I broke down the front door and I was like, I want all the login credentials. And so we sat there one by one and I got all the information and uh, we kind of adapted everything to start using my Synology drive to get all the media shared about easily. And uh, yeah, I started editing them all. And I want to say I've done now... 50 episodes something like that i mean i did a few like 15 or 20 just editing though i didn't know how to upload them and i think i sent them to you and then you uploaded them but you've done a much better job than i oh no you were fine i don't think so but i also didn't spend a lot of time on it um the audacity can only do so much so yeah having Uh, having a fancy program sure does make it a lot more effortless a lot of it you know can be very easily automated if you put in the time sure but i go through and edit the whole thing by hand still i i haven't exactly perfected that form you know i still go through that's and that's also now my opportunity to kind of listen to it as while i'm editing it yep right on Um, well well, we're glad you're here and i'm super grateful to have you doing all this work behind the scenes so thank you kyle all right keeping us moving when and why did you start off-roading? Yeah, so this is kind of my, like, or evil doer Oregon origin story. Okay, here we go. Um, my very first car that, you know, I kind of own, you know, it was, it was one of those, like, because I've got two brothers. I've got a twin brother and then a younger brother. Um. And we all needed a car, you know, to get us places. And then I was very involved with the music program back then. So we had a lot of after school events, that kind of thing. And so we got a 2002 Dodge Durango, uh, 5.9 liter gas engine. You know, it was big, loud V8, absolutely slow as a dog. But man, I love the sound of that V8. Um, That's a good one. The Magnum. Oh, I, I only just recently sold that car. You know, this is now some almost 15 years now there, there was a tear shed when that car left, you know, I had a lot of good Mm -hmm. memories in that thing, but the Illinois rusts won the race. I couldn't fix it fast as it was degrading. (laughs) I didn't got in California to stop the rest of my truck. Yeah, No, that's a good idea. (laughs) I should do that with my Jeep. Yeah. Um, but so I was driving around one day, you know, I thought I was hot shit, like every high schooler ever. I put subwoofers in it. I took all the tires off and I um, plasti dipped the wheels, which never came off. 15 years later, that plasti dip is still on there. I've got um, plasti dip. The wheels that are on the Mazda are like Mitsubishi Evo wheels, and the previous owner of the wheels had them plasti dipped. And there's still parts that I can't get off. I mean, I have to go in with like a pick <laughs> to get it off. Yeah, take your thumb and just work it off of there. I'm like, it's not worth it. They mostly if, look okay. If you pla- if you prep it correctly, Plasti Dip's pretty nuts. But uh, 
Yeah, so, you know, I, I thought it was the coolest kid in the world. It had a somewhat decent-sounding exhaust on it. Um, it had two 12-inch ported subs with a 5,000-watt amp in there. Jesus. Yeah, I would... I. Well, you know, like I said, I was an I was a music kid, so auto technia that whole thing that was like my jam back then. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was driving around one day, and this uh, this Jeep pulls up next to me. It's a Jeep Cherokee. It's got the big lift lift. You know, back when kind of like Steve was, you know, it it had the you know friggin' nine inch lift, thirty five inch tires. He had the full bumpers. He had the full roof rack. He had the high lift mounted, the shovel mounted, the whole nine yards. This thing was fully mm-hmm. kitted out. And uh, I lean out the window and I'm like, man, that's such a cool car. He's like, thanks, man, Cherokee. I'm like, what kind of engine is that thing having? He's like, it's the unkillable straight six. I'm like, don't <laughs> you right. ever wish? Yeah, I was, you know, and again, I was just a cocky kid. And I was like, boy, I don't know if I could lose the sound of a V8. And I started revving it. And he's like, Oh, you know, you'll never, uh, you'll never kill these engines no matter what you do to them. And he pulled off. He's right. I wish I, I wish I could find that guy. I really do. It was a tan, uh, tan Cherokee, you know, all lifted and everything. But, uh, so right, right after that, I was like, that's the car I want. And at the same time, I happened to have a girlfriend that was like super outdoorsy you know, she she would she'd be the first one to jump on a go kart, and she sent it into a tree one time, broke her collarbone. So like she was she was wild, and she had a Wrangler. And so you know, the whole thing with the Durang or with the the Jeep Cherokee, and then her with the Wrangler, I was like, I want my first, you know, my hard earned money. I want a Cherokee. Mm-hmm. So her and I are looking around on Craigslist, and. uh we come across this Jeep that says, you know, Jeep Cherokee 2D. And I was like, huh, well, I don't know if I want one that's two wheel drive. And she goes, no, 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 it's a two door. And so I was like, oh, yeah, look at that. That's so cool. So long story short, we go out to the boonies, go find this Jeep Cherokee, go to test drive it. And uh, I always have this belief that you should just, apt in, you know, this might not be great for the people that are trying to sell it to you. But I'm firmly believer in you should bash the hell out of a car you're about to buy. Because if it's going to break, you want to know right then and there. So, you right. know, I, bury, I buried my foot to the floor and the whole staggering 200 and some odd horsepower of a Jeep Cherokee came to life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I slammed on the brake. When the process of slamming on the brake, I blew out the brake lines. Well, you found the weak link or whatever. Yep. Yep. And so I had to drive back. It was raining out. So I'm pulling into this guy's driveway with uh, the parking brake. And as I drop in on his driveway, I pull the parking brake to slow down and I skidded the car. Oh <laughs> God. His, yeah. I skidded it down his driveway and, you know, so we, we made a deal and uh, he fixed the brake line and the rest is history. Nice. That's how Did I you get any to, money off for that being broken or I guess since uh, he fixed it, maybe not. No, so I think I got like a hundred bucks off and he fixed the brake line. Yeah, that's pretty which good. I, I'm Parking pretty sure too, which I'm surprised about. And that was the last time it worked. <laughs> oh shit. Well, it's a good thing. Yeah. It's a good thing that it worked. In college, uh, you know, again, because I was a dumb kid. Um we all were. I set the parking brake everywhere I went like it was a friggin' stick shift. And so one day I had to go fly an airplane and my brother was in town visiting and I was like, yeah, you know, go take my Jeep back when I allowed people to drive my cars. 
um was like go drive into town get yourself a coffee whatever like i'm only gonna be flying for like an hour and then i'll be back well he's not a car guy he's that's not really his world well he ended up putting it in drive and driving for 15 or 20 miles with the parking brake set nice so yeah destroy the just what's that probably didn't catch fire <laughs> yeah you know did destroyed destroyed the rear brakes and uh it was like that for a long when i finally like a year later went to pull apart and redo the rear brakes like all of the drum was smoked like i ended up leaving it for like a year before i actually pulled it apart to do something Jeez. about it all right but, so you got the jeep yeah so that got now the you jeep. Can go off-roading now I can go off-roading. And, you know, there were a couple little spots in the neighborhood. You know, I, I'm near, and you know, too, you know, the Chicago area, there really is no off-roading. There was the cliffs back then, but that's Yeah, like, and I, I had never gone. Out of your, yeah, I never went either. It's like beat the shit out of your cab and a bunch of mud is what I remember people telling me. I never went. And I'm kind of sad that I didn't ever go. I, I think I was planning on going at one point and then something came up and that was like the last opportunity before they actually closed it down i was like well oh well i guess <laughs> yeah i was gonna anyway. go with on the farewell trip with steve and uh i didn't i didn't make it and they closed it on that sunday so yep unless they have an event that won't be it anymore so you've been you found some places around chicago but ultimately then i mean it was just like there's a closed road by my house that had a little dirt thing that you know i'd kind of just pop through go through the water but um for a couple of years i mean I didn't have all these cars like I do now. Um, so I was driving that thing to and from Southern Illinois University Carbondale. You know, I was doing 360 some odd miles with it on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. So it would no cruise control in it. You know, it's the sport oh, model, man, non, non ABS, no cruise control. ABS um, is fine, but the no cruise control is a can't do yep. it, man. I can't do it for long distances. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that on my episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, you know, for for years it it never really got any of the you know big expensive parts on it or anything because you know a I was a college student without the funds to make something like that happen and b you know it was my daily driver and yeah you needed to make it live yeah so it you know would regularly do that trip going up and down all the time and then I ended up getting my Durango back. Uh, after it spent a brief hiatus living with my brother in the UP. Um, so then I put a couple, you know, the, as a new off-roading kid that had never gone off-roading, you know, you see these videos, you have these ideas of like, this is what I should have in my off-road machine. Right. And so I, I did them, including that I had a hitch winch. Oh, nice. That I had all all plumbed in. Um, it was a little 3,000 pound winch off the back bumper that I created my own Anderson plug using a mm -hmm. home three pin wire or a three prong plug. Oh, yeah. We talked about this. Yeah. So it was literally just like a three, a three prong house plug. One of them was positive and one of them was negative. And that's how I wired in Kyle, the rear winch. Kyle, I still, right. I still have it. So if there's enough people that want to see it, I'll go plug that back in. All right. Uh, for those that want to see Kyle's janky wiring, critically janky wiring, in fact. Oh, uh, but it's not, it's not janky. I mean, it oh, even goes through a circuit breaker. That's. 
<laughs> now it shared the breaker with my amplifier, but you know. <laughs> oh my god! I have so I. Oh, I have so many. I have so many things. There's so many things wrong with this. Uh, and we'll talk about. People will understand why when they hear what I do for a living on my episode. Okay, so um, <laughs> uh, okay. If anybody wants to see Kyle's janky ass wiring, uh, post on the Trail Riders page. Somebody make a post, and then everybody comment on that same post. Don't make a bunch of different posts. Yeah. Um, I don't know what threshold it'll take. I'm sure we'll just post it anyway. But the yeah, more I'll the better. Just do it anyway. It's just fun to get the people involved. It's fun. Gets the people. Um, okay, so when what, like what was your first off roading trip? Like when did you like really or like what you you told us earlier? I think when you like fully like. You're like, I need to get deeper into this. And then like you listen to the TOP. Um, but like before that, obviously, you know, you, you were wheeling because it was like, I don't think anybody goes out on their first wheeling trip and like lifts a tire two feet off the ground. If they do, holy shit, that's probably pretty scary. Um, yeah. Maybe they don't continue off-roading. <laughs> yeah, you know, so what I, was your first like real off-road experience? So I, I was in college doing the thing and um, we did a little bit of, you know, just screwing around on the farmer's land kind of thing um we used to call ourselves because myself and my roommate we both had cherokees they were on like 31 inch tires nothing extravagant but we had a friend that would always get himself stuck and we quickly quickly started calling ourselves the cherokee response team nice because whenever we had friends that would go get their vehicles stuck we would be the ones to go and stuck them nice so there were a couple of times, you know, this was back before there was crawler gear. So we were we were flat strapping everything. We were D rings, the whole the whole nine yards. And so we remember pull, those days we'd go pull people out. You know, we'd have two, three rigs hooked up trying to drag these people out of the mud because you couldn't do a kinetic hit back then. Um, yeah, so we, we did a lot of that just screwing around. And that's kind of where I was like, I need lights. I need flat flares, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then finally, one of my good friends to this day, Mr. Scott Pevelonis, um, he had a ZJ on 33s, pretty heavily modified in the sense that like the interior was pretty cut up. You know, he took out the center console and replaced it for like a wire mesh U-shape thing, like some weird nonsense. Um, but it was pretty, it was pretty tricked out in the sense that you'd like expect a 33 inch vehicle to be tricked out mm -hmm. um and he started the siu off-road club which i'm still a part of now i see your hoodie oh yeah yeah yeah. so that's my my lounging shirt sweater now because it's all worn out and tired you've worn the shit out of that sweater yeah <laughs> it's it's run its course she's she's about near her end so now it's my like lounging around sweater um but so he created the off-road club and uh they're like, hey, you know, there's this park. It's like an hour and a half away. It's called Land Between the Lakes. And there's this little, you know, rock bouncer area called Turkey Bay. I was like, okay, you know, do that. And went there and uh, that's where it all went downhill. Nice. So got when, yeah, got hooked. I still have to this day. It's actually kind of funny. Um, the first like obstacle, so to speak, that I ever went on. And it's funny, you go back and look at it now and like, basically it was just like a loose pack uphill mm -hmm. and uh, there was an exposed route on the way up. And, you know, now it's kind of like 
you drive over them all the time. I don't think anything of them, but 31 inch tires, open, open, short arm suspension, and a kid that just got into the hobby. Probably not um, aired down a whole lot, if any. Yeah, I don't think I aired down worth a damn back yeah. then. Um, but so I was trying to get off this obstacle, and you know, you're in this U shape of a road going up, and on the right is like a 150 foot drop. So like, also, I'm terrified of sliding off the edge. Right. So I still have the gif of this day of me like trying to bump up this thing and the whole Jeep like rocking, lifting a tire like three inches off the ground and setting back down. Hell yeah. And I was like, oh my God, this is so much fun. This is so friggin' cool. Also and, a little uh, scary, but that's fun yeah, too. Also, yeah, scared out of my mind because I don't want to, you know, roll my Jeep on the very first off-road trip. And uh, yeah, I ended up having, what's funny is I ended up having to back all the way down that hill and go all the way around and meet up with them after the fact. I never, I never did get up that hill. And I've always said that when we go back, I'll uh, find that same line again and just drive up it. Yeah, it'll either even, be way too hard and you still won't be able to make it up because it's super washed out or like they'll have yeah. fixed it and it'll be you'll be like, where even is the root? It's gone. Yeah, probably that, to be honest. Yeah, it's pro- <laughs> I'm sure the root is gone. And yeah, know, now it's a big old whoop because they've just it's either, yeah, it's either a big old whoop or they've yeah, they've kept it up and it's just nice and smooth. That's cool, man. Um, So are you still wheeling that same Jeep? Yep. Yep. It's still the same. It's still the same Jeep. Tell us all about it. And it's, I guess in its current condition, or if you want to go through like the phases too, I'll remind you that we are an hour. So (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try and keep it relatively on time here. Um, I mean, I, for, you know, when I first got it, it had the typical things you'd expect. It had a budget lift on there, hockey pucks and coil spacers, um, lift shackles, I had a drop transfer case on it. So like my, you know, horrible, ugly thing was dropped down like an inch and a half. (laughs) Um, Had that. It had an audio system. It went through a few different renditions of that. But, uh, you know, it was always just kind of like good enough to go have fun. And it was only within the last couple of years, actually after the trip that I went with the podcast that I was like, all right, you know, I, it's time to get serious, you know, let's start dumping some money into this thing. And so now we get to the part that actually, you know, matters about the most, the most outfitted Dana 30 in the world. Yes. So, <laughs> and there's going to, you know, I, I know people are going to be punching the screen. Like what you did does not make sense. Why did you do it this way? I didn't plan for it to happen this way. I didn't realize what I had spent until we were all done. Um, <laughs> And I had a list of wants that I wanted. And the the first one was that I didn't want to increase the width of my Jeep. I'm very content with how wide it is. Because everyone was like, oh, put a 44 under it. And I'm like, well, I don't want to be 44 wide. They're like, run massive off, you know, suck your tires in a whole bunch. Well, I don't want to do that. Well, cut down the tubes. Well, I didn't have the knowledge how to do that. And so ultimately, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to build up the Dana 30. And but even and, if you did cut down the tubes, like then you have to get custom shafts and like that's a pain. Right. And that's where that all, you know, that's where the project scope started, where it was like, okay, I'm gonna have to do this, 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 and this. Um and that's that's when I was like, you know what, it's gonna be easier for someone with my skill set to build a Dana 30. You know, there's kits available. You know, I didn't know how to locate 
um control arm tabs i i didn't know how to set up gears i mean i i really went into this pretty blind and you know thanks to the podcast group chat and complete off-road i mean i kind of i learned as i went and you know would would i go back and do it again no god god no um but do i regret doing it absolutely not because i learned so much along the way i mean i awesome. learned how to i learned how to weld i learned how to set up gears um that's awesome up, man yeah you know it, it was a whole thing so uh I I started buying parts. You know, I call up Chris every week on payday and say, "Hey, you know, I think I'm going <laughs> to get the gears." And he, I was like, "I want 456 gears." He's like, "Look, man, you know, it's only another 150 RPM or whatever it is." And you go up to 488s, and it's a 200 RPM difference, 150 200 RPM difference. Mm-hmm. The gain, the gains of the extra rate gear ratio, substantially outweigh the disadvantage of gaining another 200 RPM at 70 miles an hour. So I'm like, cool. I trust your input shipped it away. And then I call the next week, which Chris is that Chris from complete off. So everything I built was through complete off road. I built the whole thing. The only thing that didn't come from complete off road was the locker. And the only reason it didn't come from them was because I called and he said, you cannot get an Eden because this was, you know, during the peak of COVID. He's like, they're, they, you cannot get the Eden. He's like, they don't exist. They don't have a back order date, nothing. And they're like, there's this company that says they have one in stock. Let me call and I'll facilitate um, you ordering it from them. So again, you know, Chris took, care of the, yeah, Chris took care of the whole thing. He didn't have and, to do that. He wasn't going to make any money on that, but he no, helped he you out make, because he didn't make he knew, piddly squat on it. Yeah. He wanted to keep you as a customer first and foremost, but also you're yeah. just a good guy, man. So I'm going to plug yeah, off road right now. Call Chris. If you need any off road parts at five, six, three, five, eight, three, five, three, six, three. And it also, it was funny. Trevor was talking to him about it today. It doesn't have to be off road parts. If you want drag race LS parts, he's a summit dealer. So if it comes from summit, he can get it just as well. Probably as cheaper other... than on summit's website. You know, and, and that not, that was he'll probably price match. <laughs> yeah, so his his thing is at least with Yukon parts, it's price match plus five percent, I think it is. Something like that. But yeah. Which yeah, I mean, you know, and they I, I know I've plugged complete off-road to my dying breath, and I'm gonna keep doing it because it's like, you know, I, I feel like most people are like, Oh, you're gonna have to go through a company, which means you're gonna pay more because there's a middleman with the company. And that hasn't been the case yet. You know, obviously, yeah, there's some schmuck on Amazon that's got it for 60% cheaper and there's no warranty and maybe you'll get it. You know, there's no guarantee you're going to get that part and there's no guarantee it's not going to be flash rusted. Right. And it's um, probably not OEM if it says OEM. Right. And so, you know, I, I'd call Chris. I'd say, hey, I want some Yukon gears. He'd say, okay, I can get those for you. You want the warranty with it? And I'd say, I absolutely do want the warranty. Uh why don't you go ahead and send that over? And I'd give him the card info and three days later, I'd have my parts show up. No, no nonsense, no BS. Just, yep. I get my parts. And when I've had problems in the past, you know, I'd been diagnosing this pod or this limited slip. I thought there was something wrong with it. So I messaged Chris. I was like, Hey, you know, I'd, something's not right with this. And he's like, okay, let me go ahead and talk to the Yukon rep. And he did all the legwork. And then he came back to me and he said, Hey, you know, this is what their findings are. Yep. All right, so but, yeah, ultimate so data I, 30. 
Yeah, so I I very slowly started building, collecting parts for it. And it was like, okay, I'm going to do the gears. So you get the gears, you get the... So it's got 48 gears in it, Yukon, with the full Yukon rebuild kit, Timken bearings, all that. I wanted an Eaton electric locker, so I put in the electric locker in it. Um, it's got the full Iron Rock off-road, like, modular truss system. So, like, everything is relocated with this truss. So raise the coil buckets, raise the shock mounts. And then I wanted to do ball joints because, of course, I had the whole thing ripped apart. Oh, yeah, for sure. So it's got ball joint eliminators now. Nice. Um, WJ, steering knuckles, uh, Complete Off-Roads Company is trail defense, trail defense, steering kits, um, iron rock bump stops, anti-rock sway bar. If if there isn't if you go on Google and just type in Dana 30 upgrade, if there is an upgrade, it has been done. There's only two upgrades that have not been done on this axle, and there's a reason for it. The first one are the outer axle seals. I won't do those because they are very stupid. And you mean the, you mean the ones that like prevent stuff from getting in the axle tube? You mean the ones that prevent stuff from coming out of the axle tube once they burp themselves back? That's in. right. <laughs> yep. So I, I don't have those and I don't have them sleeved because with a chromoly axle shaft, you don't want them sleeved. Sleeved tubes, you mean? Yeah, sleeved tubes. Oh, why is that? So from the way it was explained to me, a chromoly shaft can have a lot of deflection especially before it breaks like you oh, can really bend the hell out of that thing um so if you tube it or sleeve it sorry um if it tries to deflect it's just going to hit the hit the sleeve in it and without the ability to deflect it'll just snap it hmm i got to think about that cuz i think i don't know i'm going to look that up later um, yeah, I mean, certainly I'm down to the discussion. I'm not going to sleeve it at this point because yeah, it's already back together. Yeah, and... I'm, I'm done. <laughs> um, all right, cool, man. So what other you've got the crazy Dana 30 through the book yeah. at it and thousands of dollars. Um, yeah, the rear, the rear is eight and a quarter disc brakes. Maybe trust. going to eight, eight soon, but not yet. And then what other any other offer mods? on? Um, it's got an iron rock or I'm sorry, Kev Fab three link on there. It's got a roof rack that I know all of my friends just absolutely love that it's up there. That was sarcasm. Yeah, we got um, it. <laughs> um, Inch? I cut, yeah, it's got uh, Rough Country 9500 Pro Series. Some crawler I, off-road. I won at a complete off-road event. Nice. <laughs> so I, I carry the full lineup of crawler off-road gear. Um kind of a weird flex but you know i'm gonna i'm gonna take it weird flex but okay no yeah, that's weird flex. flex i i i have all of their lines of product because i love doing recoveries and the only way to be good at recoveries is to have the gear to do that's it right. so, so i carry stock, i carry all their goodies stock engine trans transfer case any upgrades there drive shaft it's all all stock it's got oh, an geez. adams adams rear drive shaft in it uh slip yoke eliminator it's um, nice. good upgraded Sweet. injectors which you know who who gives a shit <laughs> 220 horsepower instead of 200 right yeah you know they advertise putting a 12 hole injector in a jeep <laughs> engine it's like i let me explain to you why that doesn't make sense yeah you um, need injectors you needed injectors anyway why not upgrade 
Yeah, I, well, I, I put four holes in. I'm so adamant against doing a 12-hole injector that I went out of my way to find four-hole oh, nice. injectors. Okay, so that's your but, trail rig. Uh, yeah. Wait, did we talk about tires and tire size? No, so Feels? I was hoping we could avoid that, but I guess we're going to discuss that. Okay, she, well, we don't have is, to. No, 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 I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just being funny. She's no, sporting a real healthy Cooper STT Pro 33-inch tire. I mean, you you put that Jeep through its paces on 33s, so I don't think you should be like, I don't know, not ashamed, maybe, but ashamed. No, but, I mean, I'm I'm proud was, of it. You know, yeah, I mean, man. when when it's when it's following 40 inch tall tired rigs, and you know, obviously, I'm not doing everything. You know, I, we played a game of horse one day, Chris and I, at a tri-state <laughs> stump jumpers run, and I lasted about five minutes. <laughs> And I think ultimately it was the rear limited slip that did me over. Um, yeah. So on your new, you know, on your new axle, you're going to go locker proper locker. Yes. Nice. There, I, I have some thoughts on what I want to do there. Some people have said do a true track. Some people have said just friggin' weld it, which I really don't want to do. No. Even do it, do though it, the it, way you want it. Yeah. I, I'm not afraid of wires, which I know a lot of people are. Um, my specialization in college was avionics. So like wiring is not something I'm unfamiliar with. Yeah. E-lockers are definitely a good choice. I I like them, you know, and I know there's a lot of people that say do air. I don't want to deal with all the air stuff. Um, I'm happy carrying a Morflate for my tire needs and then having everything else be electrical. Mm -hmm. Cause to me, it's a simple system. It's a fuse. It's a relay. It's an electromagnet. Yep. And there's some wire in between. I think it's a good idea. And it's easy to fix. Like, it's, oh no, my wire got ripped. Okay. Just like, you could splice it back. You don't even need to, you could just twist them back together and get off the trail, you know, like, yeah, high voltage. (laughs) I was talking to Chris about this the other day, too. He was like, you know, the, it's with an airlocker, it's easy to detect a leak because you're going to hear it with an electrical issue. You're not going to hear an electrical, or at least you hope to God you're not going to hear an electrical (laughs) issue. But, um, you know, you I, I carry. I carry. Yeah, you're gonna smell it. Hope to God that fuse works. Um, yeah, I mean, I I carry a multimeter anyway, so it. And you know, I I know how to yeah. manipulate a multimeter to where and there's really no answer on that yet. And maybe even some solder and a soldering iron, and you know, it's not a big deal to repair. So yeah, I agree with you. Um, okay, cool. Uh, so that's 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 Kyle's trail rig. Um, you got a bunch of other vehicles. Well, you got a couple other vehicles at least that I'm aware of. Um, yes, I'll I'll kind of breeze. Vehicles, do you know? Yeah, go. I'll go breeze quickly. through them. Um, I have a motorcycle. It's a 2015 Honda Goldwing F6B. So it's a it's a Honda Goldwing and all of the old old manliness that you would expect it to be. But the F6B model was Honda's attempt to. I think kind of compete with the road glide, make something a little more sleek, a little more sporty. Um, that would, you know, have it doesn't have all the goofy nonsense. It doesn't have reverse. It doesn't have free and airbags. It's just a bike with a whole bunch of power and saddlebags and go. a nice Plenty. radio. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So that's that's my bike. That's my reckless machine. Um, my tow vehicle is a 2003 Chevy Duramax. Um, Ooh, the LB7. The good old LB7, man. I, they sound I'm, the best. Nothing like a straight cut turbo. Unless, none, you, none unless you like speedy. turbo whistle, then maybe not so much. But the LB7 had the most like gargly 
sound, I think, of all the Duramaxes. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it doesn't have anything crazy. It's got a airlift, the full airlift system with a manifold, uh, with the like electronic manifold system. I can air it up and down. Also from complete off-road. Um, nice. It's got bigger injectors. It's got a, a stock tune set, so I can go up to plus 100 horsepower. Really, really nothing that's going to blow it up. You know, I, I don't It'll save the it. transmission. Yeah, I don't I don't need it to make big power. I just did that for the optimization, you know, yep. kind of clean up. And I needed injectors anyway, so I took the opportunity. Um, yeah, I, I am notorious for driving like an old man. So I'm scared of the number five tune, so I don't put it on that. <laughs> um, I remember driving uh, Mike had an LB7 for a while with a crazy tune. And he put it on five and I think he limped it a few t- after he did it a few times, but, uh, that was wild. Like, yeah. I, I, it's weird when you're in like a 7,000 pound truck and it's just like, yeah, gone. it has no business being that fast. The, the first time I put it in number five, I didn't know that you're really not supposed to just dead stop it, it from, from yeah. a stop. Yeah. So I, I had, uh, I was showing my mom the tune and, um, I was like, yeah, you know, this is an extra hundred horsepower plus whatever torque it puts out. And I was like, here, I'll show you. And we're at a dead stomp. You know, I didn't spool up the turbo or anything. I just, you know, took my foot off the brake and jammed my foot to the floor. It started fuel knocking like you wouldn't friggin' believe. Jeez. Blew a pure black cloud of smoke out the back and then burned the friggin' tires the moment the turbo made any sort of boost. And I was like, nope, not doing that again. That fuel <laughs> knock scared me way too much. I feel like your level five is probably more than 100 horsepower too, but... Or maybe it's yeah, just a I, shit ton more torque, probably. It very well could be. I mean, it it just does burnouts whenever I ask it. Yep. Um, I've I finally restricted myself back down to lower tunes because I'm scared of blowing up the transmission. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. All right, so so that, you got the Duramax, pretty, toes, yeah, pretty, toes the Jeep pretty well. Yeah, it's it's happy as a clam. We'll do it for as long and however I ask of it. Um, what other things does it tow? It tows or my. 1953 Dodge M37 uh, troop carrier, if you want to call it that. You know, it's just got the pickup bed on the back. Um, Pick that thing up. Uh, actually, I think we just celebrated one year anniversary. I've nice. I've known this I've known this machine since I was but a wee lad, and I was always enamored with it as a kid because it, it it's always been in my village. Like I know this truck specifically. Mm-hmm. and i always told the, the guy as a kid i'm like you know if you're ever done with this thing we'd always would love to have it my brother was obsessed with it and he got into electrification he wanted to electrify the whole thing um like which whatever swap it? yeah he wanted to ev oh, nice. swap it and this this was about a year and a half ago before the crate kits like really started to come out mm-hmm. so he pulled the whole drivetrain out and what, whatever your opinion is on electrification, whatever. Um, but ultimately, he had decided that it was just going to be too much money, too much time. You know, this guy isn't like a dedicated gearhead. He just enjoyed driving it. So he ultimately put it back together. He went out and bought a Tesla. And, you know, the Tesla's got to go in the garage to charge. So the military truck got pushed out. And the phone call finally came through. It was like, hey, you know, do you want this truck? And I was actually getting set up to race in a oval dirt track by me called Sycamore Speedway. Yeah. 
I, I had the car lined up. I had my numbers reserved. I had the whole, I was ready to go. I said to go get the car, weld the doors, knock out the glass. And uh, he called me. He's like, hey, do you want this thing? And I was like, yep. I don't. Perfect I don't. timing. Yeah. So I, I told the guy I don't want the car anymore. I called the Speedway and said, don't even, don't reserve my numbers anymore. Cancel. I don't want them. Yeah. Cancel, cancel the whole thing. I got a military truck. Yeah, cancel so, the whole race because I'm not yeah. in it. And they're like, shut what are you talking shut about? Down. They're like, we're still going to run the race, Kyle. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. like, God damn it. No, ans- Which, cancel the race. I'm the most important. No, we're going to run the race. Right. We're going to do it anyway. Tap, I'm still having the military truck, though. Which, <laughs> funny enough, I ended up getting to go on Sycamore Speedway anyway. Oh, nice. But it was because I brought my truck out for the 4th of July to be a part of the National Anthem. Hell yeah. There you but, go. Yeah, so that... That's that's a fun little, you know, little in the fact that it is really little. You know, some people have seen photos of it. It's really no bigger than like a standard um, pickup truck. Like it's it will fit on a regular car trailer. Like it's it's yep. really not. That it's extrav- like slightly bigger than a Jeep, like a Willys Jeep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like an M8 or uh, yeah, whatever, whatever that model is. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I. I it escapes me, but, uh, yeah, so it, it's all original. Um, I'm beginning the process. I, I just drove the hell out of it last year just to kind of knock the dust loose because this thing only ever came out for 4th of July, Easter, Halloween. Otherwise yep. it just parked. Um, he gave me all the original parts, all that jazz. He's the first non-military or non-governmental owner, which makes me the second, um, so, yeah, I'm kind of going through figuring out what it needs, where it's at, you know, fixing some stuff along the way. I got a new gas tank over the summer, got it relined and redone. Um, took it to Badlands on Veterans Day, which was pretty interesting. Yeah, that's sweet. My, Wait, didn't my, we, did we talk about this in the previous episode about it? So this is actually my first time in a while I've been on here. That never I, I haven't been on since I went on the Veterans Day run. OK, all right. No, go for it. Yeah, so it I, I took it on the Veterans Day run with a mutual friend of Mike's name, Ed. He has been on the podcast as well. Um, so we went out there, had some fun with them. You know, we didn't bash the panels or anything. I certainly don't want to ruin a piece of history, but it was kind of fun just toying them around, you know, taking access roads, all these paths that like you would not in your right mind go to Badlands to take a 40 inch tire rig through. But with an old military four-wheel drive truck, it was super fun. You know, go and yeah. just drive through the trails, get stuck in a little bit of sand, do that whole thing. So yeah, man. I mean, I early on when we were going to Badlands before these were a bot. Um, we had a lot of fun on like just going through the creek and like going around the dunes and getting stuck and trying to avoid trees. And so yeah, it's always fun. All levels of off-roading are fun. Yeah, you know, I, think, I just I lowered the bar a little bit so the challenge the easy challenges became enjoyable again. Yeah, I mean I I'll take a brief side tangent. Um, because one of my coworkers when we went to Fordyce were talking, I was like, Hey, I really want the forty twos. Mickey Thompson just came out with these Baja bosses and you know, for a seventeen inch wheel and it's like perfect for me, but I gotta do all this work. He's like, We did Fordyce and he was like, Do you really need forty twos? Like you just did this and the Rubicon, like I was like no <laughs> like all of, you know 40s are probably even still overkill for a lot of the trails out here 
maybe not Johnson Valley, but it, it, when things are too easy, it's not as fun. It's off-roading is fun when it's a challenge. So I get what I, you're trying to say is kind of the point. I've said that with so. Steve is that you can certainly outgrow an off-road park by building your rig too much. That's right. And that's the case with a lot of people with Badlands. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I mean, was, it's, I, I was talking I, to a guy that had a, a, like a comp crawler, basically buggy there one time. And we're like, Oh, that's so cool, man. And like, it like, I don't remember where, exactly where the conversation went, but he was like, yeah, it's boring here. Like, don't bring a comp crawler to the Badlands. <laughs> yeah, you just point and shoot. Like, it just totally goes wherever you want. Yep. But, yeah, oh. so, I mean, it, it goes to... The military truck goes to car shows. Uh, I just... I, I enjoy showing it off to the world, you know, letting the next generation of children be able to see this thing. It's... Ed once said, the nice ones are all museum... The nice ones are all in museums, so I'm going to drive the hell out of this one. Yep. And I really like that. So I'm, I let the kids sit in it. You know, I've got a dead man switch inside of there that is under the seat. So you physically cannot re-engage this because the starter's on the floor. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be trivially easy for a kid to pop it in here <laughs> and slam that pedal Oops. and, you know, kill a small family. Um, yeah. So it, it goes to car shows. I let people sit in it. I'm slowly cleaning it up. Um, real quick. It was kind of cute. I went to a car show one time and this old man, you know, he had, he he was in the later years of his life and it takes him a minute to get into his gorgeous old little car, whatever it was, you know, beautiful, fully restored the whole nine yards. He gets all situated in it. He shuts the door. He starts his car and he looks at me and he goes, I drove that thing when I served. Wow. That's really so he, cool. And it, it really pissed me off that like, I couldn't get him back out of the car. Cause like, you know, I, I tell you that to tell you this, you know, he, he was situated. So I didn't want to like make him get back out but I really wanted to get him out and like put him in the driver's seat, get a photo of him. Like someone who actually drove a fifties military truck. Yeah. Super, super cool. That's cool. All but, right. Any yeah. other vehicles? Um, that I personally own? No. I mean, my family's got a boat, snowmobiles, mopeds. All right. All, all the other fun. And you've got a number of RC cars too, that I'm going to give you 30 seconds to rattle off. Uh, I've got two Axial Pros. I've got an SCX-10. I've got two SCX-10-2s. One of them's on a Jeep. One of them's a four-door long bed Hilux. Two short nice. course rigs and a 24 scale um, Chevy truck. I need to get one of those. I have a body for a 24 scale, but I haven't actually bought the dang thing yet. So Yeah, I, I wanted it RC He's like, you should get it. I was like, yeah, yeah, let me get moved in first. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little FMS. Um, truck so it's got a two it's got a crawl speed and it's got a fast speed so like you can oh, cool. do whatever you want with it nice. hard body functioning lights you know I, I wanted it rc fest so i was like well I'll go take it to the comps uh it doesn't cost me anything to compete it because i compete enough rigs as it is sure so i just go there have fun with it and put it back in the box when i'm done right on okay what's your favorite thing to do off road mm. do you like mud sand snow rock crawling Going rock fast. crawling, it's, it's kind of a love-hate with me. I love rock crawling. I love going through the technical stuff, you know, having to have people spot me. You're playing with your locker. You're playing with your winch. You know, one small slip and the obstacle's done. I severely enjoy that. The problem is I don't enjoy body damage. You so, just need more armor, man. And that's that's where I'm 
working towards it's the roof rack that's on there is going to come off and I'm going to put uh, drip rail sliders on there. Um, the plastic fender flares. I'm working with Aries Fab. We're going to he's got some prototypes for some steel fendered uh, flares. So we we might prototype those a little bit. Um, he's got body armor. I've got a set of half doors, spare set of doors. I'm going to cut down into half doors. Um, yeah, just those. have fun with it. I I enjoy the technicality of rock crawling with consequences. <laughs> okay, you know it. Some fear. Of course, yeah, you know a little bit of concern. You know, a lot of these bigger rigs. You know, like. Chris's or Dustin's or Dave's. I mean, if they slide and put a door into the rock, it doesn't bother them. Where I am very concerned on not smashing in the door. So it it creates a little bit of concern. And it it, it makes it more fun. It makes it more fun for me. Yeah, for sure. It's a little stressful in, in the moment, but when you're done with it, you feel that sort of sense of accomplishment. Oh yeah. Yeah. I I live for Unless I live for the, in the door. Yeah. Yeah. And we've, we've gotten close a few times, but one of the, one of the things I did was cut out the rockers and there's two by six by three sixteen box steel. Mm-hmm. So I can set the Jeep down on that all day long and it doesn't go anywhere. All right, man. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. I like the rock rolling. Um, but you seemed, you said love hate. So what's like your, what's your follow? What's your next favorite or your dirty, not dirty pleasure, guilty pleasure. My guilty pleasure is just trail riding. Okay. Um, Turkey Bay is really fun to me in the sense that there are hard moments on it. But once you leave camp there, there is no cell service. There's no hotels. There's nothing like once you are there, you're there. And once you leave, I don't want to necessarily say the trailhead, but more so your campsite there, there is no life support out there. You know, it, it's I, I enjoy the final frontier kind of wheeling where once you're once you're out there, you're out there. And we've had it where, you know, we've blown brake lines, we've stripped out uh clutches, lost axle shafts, and you're an hour of aggressive trail riding away from camp. So broken broken parts can turn into a three, four hour affair and the the challenge of that and being conscientious of the mechanical limits of your vehicle is super fun. Okay, uh, next le- next and final question: What's your favorite thing about me? About me being me? No, about me. About you? About me, Derek? Yeah, you're stand up guy, Derek. I'm literally standing this entire episode because <laughs> of my back. Yeah. You know, there there are certainly. I'm going to toot your horn here for a few seconds. Here, there are Dick. some people that you know, drive very large, very respectable. And I'm not singling anyone out. I'm not like hinting at someone specifically. Um, but there, there are people, you know, that do things like ultimate adventure or go on these big events and have very big, very cool rigs that would not dare give the simpletons or the help or whatever you want to say at the time of day. And the first time I met you, I didn't even have a rig with me. I was just some schmuck in a snapback cap that came over to talk to you and you didn't care who I was. You were just enjoying good conversation. Oh, you're lucky that I didn't know it was a snapback cap. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. It was like a bleep and I actually still have, it was like a bleep and Jeep flat brim hat. I had gotten it cause I was a Patreon supporter. I was all excited. 
nice. I was I was wearing it and yeah, I don't wear that hat anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm not that special, so I love talking off road. Anybody that comes up to me, sometimes I get taken aback when people are like, "Oh my god, you're so and so," and I'm like, "What do you mean? Like, I'm just a person. Like, <laughs> I don't know how to react." So sometimes I think it come off dickish, but I'm glad it didn't to you. I um, and I had that happen at uh, Jeeps on the Mountain last year. This guy comes up to me. And I I feel like such a bad person that I don't remember his name. I think it was like Chuck or something. Don't take it personally. I'm really, really bad with names. It pisses off my coworker. Um, I am too. But don't he, worry. he yeah he came over. He's like, hey, you know, I'm I'm just gonna say his name is Chuck. He's like, hey, I'm Chuck. I uh, I listen to the podcast a bunch. You're Kyle, right? And I'm like, oh my, like it's a very weird, it's a very weird feeling. Um, having people know you intimately right. because of how much we talk about you know our personal lives on here but then to have someone show up and you don't i mean it breaks my heart that i don't remember his name but like that's how once yeah. the relationship tends yeah, to be you don't know you don't know much about him um so it's oh, we might be having a little a little bit of a cutout here craig can still hear me but uh i don't know what happened to derek here hmm I guess I'll monologue here for a minute. Yeah, he he's a pretty cool dude. If you, any of you haven't had the chance to shoot Derek a ma- message, I highly recommend it. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you're ever near the Chicago area and anyone ever wants to come stop by and say hi, just shoot me a message. Hey, Derek's reconnected. That was weird. I you never you never skipped a beat. Oh, really? Yeah, it was like I heard everything you said, and I'm like, what's going on? Like, how? Hello. <laughs> Yeah, you're. And then you're I, I think I sent the message. Have... Yeah, I sent the message, and I think it snapped out of it. So, snap back to reality. Nice. That's yeah. a. That's a. That's on many layers because of the snapback cap. And anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, yeah. So as part of our normal template, um, we're supposed to BS now, but I think we're gonna skip that because we're out of time. Also, yeah, is terrible, terrible solutions to easy problems on odd number episodes. That's a new thing that we're gonna start doing regularly. Um, and we were pretty short on time. So I'm going to tell everybody, um, a recent one that was on the trail riders page. Uh, so we have the new garage I mentioned that at the episode, the truck is like two inches taller than the opening. Um, I love the photo of just how close it really is. Like I would have been sweating bullets trying to line that up. Like, is it going to clear? It's not, it might it not. I actually scraped the top of the truck because I didn't mm. let enough air out. I was like, I can think I can do this with just the front tires. And then the back, like the garage is angled up to like, I guess, drain water. Um, and it started to scrape and I was like, whoops. And so then I went forward and then just, just from the tiny little bit of torque on the axle, it like pushed up a little bit further and I was like, Oh no. <laughs> so it was scraping more. Oh, that's <laughs> the worst. Oh, well it's fine. Nobody sees the top of the truck. It's like not that bad of a scrape. Just touch um, touch up your paint so you don't you don't rust out your windshield frame. It didn't go through the clear. It just maybe oh, scratched it a little bit. Anyway, um, my question to the trailers page was, what is everybody's favorite favorite pressure programmable or settable auto deflator? Because um, I can fit the truck in there if I deflate to like ten psi. So I want to just like screw those things on at the driveway, give it like however many minutes it takes, and then back the truck in. Because um, I can't park in the driveway; it's a shared driveway. Um, yeah, so like you so, go and plate it and then go open the garage door, come back and the tires are Yeah. I mean, at least and, you're not going crazy flat, like you're not, you know, 
ruining the sidewalls just to get in and out of the garage. Yeah, I don't love leaving it at 10 PSI in the garage, um, but we'll s- hopefully I can come up with a better solution long-term fairly soon. Anyway, so a lot of people provided good, um, not good, they're all good. Even the even the crazy solutions. Um, a lot of people provided examples of deflators, um, but there were a couple good ones that were not deflators. Um, and I'm going to read them to you and I'll end on the top one. Let's see. Go Dirthead Dave style with links and bags. So fully link my truck just to fit in the garage. That's it's a good, it's a good one. I would love to do that. I don't think I have the skill or the time or the money. <laughs> Um, let's see. Cut the floor out of the truck, lower the body on the frame an inch or so. More saws all less research. DJ Scheller, woo dude. Great idea. Um it's too bad I have the cage though. I think that'll be a lot more work than it should I, be. I we love got, Mitch's idea for a ch- uh chop top. Chop top's the next one. Same thing. <laughs> cage is the problem. Uh do do do. Probably uh, easier to get some ratchet else to link and ratchet it down. That's a good one. Oh yeah, like a suck down winch. I think that's what I'm ultimately going to do is, is reroute my front winch to be a suck down winch, and then if I really need one, I can throw a little small one in the back to suck it down too. Um, I mean, even just the, to come along at that point. Yeah, the top one though is or link and bag the garage so that it can get taller when you need to put the truck in. Thank you, Trevor Torrens. That's my favorite one. So yeah, I'll end just, on that. Just lift the whole thing up and <laughs> yep. Yeah. Just do the do the Patrick Star and just pick it up and push it somewhere else. That's right. All right. So do you have anything else to add before we end? Like this is your episode. Like what about you don't um, we um, didn't we cover that you want the listeners to know? I think that's pretty much everything. It's been it's been fun having you interview me. I, I love talking. I don't think that's something that's a secret. So <laughs> I could do this for another two hours, but yeah, we, we have lives to get back to. Yep. We uh, will have probably have to have a quick Patreon too. Um, Cause I still got to do some stuff tonight. So um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, if then anyone let's... ever wants to talk shop, shoot me a message. Um, Kyle Even... J Mang on Facebook, uh, Mr. Dot Mango dot XJ on Instagram. All the, all the regular places, you know, I, I'm the most conducive to messaging on Facebook. So. Feel free to hit me up if you guys ever want to talk shop. I'm sure I got plenty to plenty to go around. Right on, man. Okay, we're going to probably shout out our partners pretty quick, um, starting with Toolbox Widget. So if you were going to get your toolbox organized, they've got some clever parts for that. Uh, Crawler Off-Road, we mentioned them mid-podcast. Call Chris if you need just about anything off-road or non-off-road related. Um, Offered anonymous or Jacob. Uh, if you need Jacob signature series, that's right. If you need uh, just about anything steel tabs, uh, Milwaukee mounts, um, pack out cup mounts too. Of course, can't forget those. Um, and then, did I say crawler off road or complete off road before? Um, I know I said Chris. Yeah, earlier was complete off road. Okay, so um, then crawler yeah, off road yeah. for your recovery. Uh, equipment needs anything soft shackle. We talked about the tree saver before. Then for yeah. tree saver, they got some. They got um, some fun things yeah. planned here. Morflate. If you want to get your tires inflated and deflated a lot more conveniently, I am absolutely in love with my 
quad and 10.6 PSI Pro. I think I've aired up in like six minutes with the 10.6 Pro um, from like, I think it was eight PSI to 30 PSI on 40s. So it's mighty fast. Um, Red Designs slash Rory, we're going to have to have him on the podcast to figure out like what's going on with that. Um, we'll obviously want to keep in touch. And then of course, Summershine Supply, you want to make your stuff shiny and clean. So that's my, that's my two minute run through of our partners. So, cause we're getting pretty long here. So I love it. Um, cool. Uh, let's see. We want to get a hold of the podcast. It's, oh, actually, I better make sure I get this right. You know, what's the Instagram for Total Off Road Podcast? Um, you can find it on Facebook at Total Off Road Podcast if you want to join the group. Make sure you answer two questions because one of my favorite pastimes is denying those who don't answer the two questions. Um, come on in, join the conversation. Uh, Total Off Road Podcast Instagram is total underscore off road underscore podcast. Thank you, Derek, for pulling that up. Yep. Um, and then you told us your Instagram. Yes. Mine is Dman Blues Freak, all one word, no underscore. And I think that's it, man. Heck yeah, this has been fun. You got any last words? Hmm. Go organize your toolbox at work. There you go. I need to organize my desk. So that's effectively yeah. my Orga- work. Toolbox, organize so. your workspace. You don't have to be as a as a wise woman once told me. You don't have to be rich to be clean. There you go. Wise, uh, some wisdom from the man himself, um, or I guess the woman that told you, but you know, you relate it. Uh, that's it for this episode uh, 203 of the Total Offer Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed it, and we'll catch you on the trail. Chewing. Sorry. <laughs> you can cut this in later. Do the <clears throat> vocal vocal warm-ups. Something about a whale's vagina. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Me, 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 me.